Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for listening today. We've got a great show coming up. Our guest today is Sharon Brown. Sharon is a freelance journalist and founding editor of All Heart in Hoop City, a sports site covering Memphis basketball featuring all female writers. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Hi, thanks for having me. So Sharon, we start every episode with an icebreaker. And today, because Cassidy and I are in Portland, where it is 98 degrees for two days in a row, which is totally unheard of in the Pacific Northwest, in us honor or celebration or desperation, our question for our icebreaker is, what is your favorite strategy for cooling down in a heat wave? Do you want to start, Sharon? Yes. So first I like to come home and like get undressed and put on like shorts or something and get on the air conditioning with some um, a cool drink with some ice in it because sometimes it get too hot in Memphis. <laughs> Is it very humid there? No, not not um, in the past couple of days. It's been like 80, like um, the low 80s or something. And it's 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 been pleasant. That sounds so lovely. How about you, Cassidy? What's your favorite way to cool down from the heat? I got to go with ice cream, just in general. I'm a a big ice cream fan myself, and then there's no better excuse than a super hot day than ice cream. But if it's not going to be ice cream, I think trying to find someplace on water somewhere to hang out that is not my house that's very hot. (laughs) (laughs) Great strategies. For me, I like to run through the sprinklers, and I'm very lucky because I uh, I commute by bike, and on days where it's really hot, there's a bike shop that's on my bike route, and they put up like a, a misting gate, basically. They like have built this thing where you can ride your bike through um, basically like this wonderful mist of like cold water, and it's awesome, and then when I come home, I like like to, you know, put the hose on my toes. And I remember when I was a little kid, I used to, my favorite thing, I waited all year for it to be hot enough to run through the sprinklers. So that's definitely my preferred way of cooling off. Nice. Well, Sharon, we have been trying to get you on the podcast for a really long time. I'm so excited we finally able to make it happen today. Um, before we get to talking a bunch about basketball and stuff, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit um, about yourself, how you got started writing about sports. Okay, so when I first start going to a community college, so I was married with, with two kids and I wanted to be a journalist. So I went to the community college and I started off in uh, journalism class. I took two classes in two semesters. And I was like, man, I don't really want to do that. And, you know, when I was doing that, I my first article I ever wrote was about the uh, basketball team. It was by one of the stars because he was a youth minister and he was a, a basket. He played basketball for um, the school. And my first article was about basketball. And so after that, I was like, man, I want to, you know, do law. And so I switched my major to law and I took business law like the other classes. So I always wanted to write, but, you know, it's just like I switched it up. And then I eventually, when we moved to Memphis, I got a um, paralegal degree from the University of Memphis. And then so, like, 
you know, I was on Facebook and since when we moved to Memphis in 2003, I became a Grizzlies fan. And, you know, when Zach Randolph came, I got on Facebook and started getting into groups and everything. And I was on Twitter. And then I noticed, you know, people were, were writing about the Grizzlies. And then, like, it was, you know, I met a lot of female fans on online. And so, you know, we used to talk about the games and everything. And then so the guys was, was like, you know, act like we didn't know what we were, we were talking about. It's like we would say something. And then, like, they would, you know, dismiss us, but a guy would come over and say the same thing. And then, you know, I noticed that some people, you know, had sites and, you know, they started writing and everything. And I saw, I saw, well, maybe I should start a site. And then I put up a question. Any, any women want to start writing about basketball and everything? And, and uh, someone uh, gave me Amy's information. And that's when we started on Heart, Heart and Hoop City. So All Heart and Hoop City is... If not, is it was it like the first all female uh, basketball blog that or a site that you were able to tell? As far as you were able to tell, or you know, um, there were some I found out later. What it was like, not it was probably just one woman doing her own thing, but it was the first site that featured all women who owned the site and who was writing and covering the games and everything. That is so awesome. I think when I was uh, first getting started with, um, you know, writing for Blazer's Edge and doing the podcast, uh, All Heart and Hoop City was one of the first sites that I came across because I think I was just like trying to just Google like basketball, women, NBA, (laughs) just trying to find anything that was – not necessarily catered towards but was really driven by women – and uh, so, yeah, I found your blog and I've been inspired by it uh, ever since. What do you think is um, – uh, why do you think women are, um, you know, attra- not attracted to, but like why do, what do you think draws women to each other in these kind of sports conversations? Because it's just like most of the time it's just like um, some people, not you know, not everybody. But it's just like it seems like people – well, mostly guys or whatever. They was like they don't want to hear what we have to say, especially like if they're like we. It's perceived that we're not smart enough to know anything about sports. And but like say for instance, like people, the people you see online and everything, you know, who think they know everything, they just don't respond well to women knowing more than what they know. That is uh, something that has really. Uh, always shows itself, I think, a whole bunch in the off season, or at least you know, uh, during the the end of the playoffs when uh, everybody's focused on a couple of teams, and like I feel like people get a little uh, bent out of shape about stuff, and then people I think really start like uh, going hard at women or at people who have takes that are different than theirs. Yeah, it's a little it's a little sketchy out there right now. It'll be nice when news starts happening again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets really weird sometimes because I think it was last year or the year before last and um, some guy I was you know talking and saying something then you know he tried to come back at me or whatever and I was going back and forth with him and then it's just like and when I end up embarrassing him he said so why do you have to do that I'm just a little kid well if you get you know if you know if you get in a conversation and you know I slay you like that. Don't get mad. Say you're a little kid. 
if 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 you can't take it, don't dish it out. So we're talking a little bit about sports and social media, and you just wrote an amazing piece. Uh, where did you get the idea to talk about the women in social media uh, for complex sports? So actually, the uh, article was assigned to me by Complex. Um, They came up with the idea and they asked me if I wanted to do it. And I said yes, immediately. What was what were some of the things that uh, the highlights of doing that piece for you? One of the uh, people who you featured was Amara Baptist, who we know here in Portland. And I know you also knew um, from Memphis. So, like, how did you uh, connect with the women and what was that like getting to know them? Okay, so um, the first one I connected with was uh, Paula Hughes from um, the Clippers. And it's just like, you know, I called her, I um, interviewed her over the phone. And then it's just like we, you know, got to talking and everything. We had a lot of things in common. And it was interesting that she started her career out, um, you know, working for the NFL. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, wow. And then it's just like, it was, you know, I didn't know that, you know, with social media, like with the sports teams, I didn't know that a lot of the places women are open. Because I know Amara was, but I didn't know that there were other teams, you know, who had women um, over their social media. But I know the Grizzlies have have two women now. But it's just like, and then like when I was doing my research for it, um, it's like the NFL has like I think forty five percent of women running their social media th- social media uh, platforms, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Oh. Um, and it's just like all the women is just like um, what they try to do is they try to be they they are the voice of the of the teams, and it's just like um, sometimes they have people. They have to deal with the ugly comments and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, and Angie Treasure, she started out where she was a fan. And she used to write a blog where she covered the jazz and everything. And so she got the job. So she knew what the fans wanted. She she got that perspective. And I think that was a really good job for her. Um, and Karen, she she was pretty cool, too. But I really like all the ladies, and, and it's just like I got all of their phone numbers and everything, and it's just like I'll, you know, tell them, I'll ask how they're doing and everything, because I know it's a very hard job, you know, being women in, in this uh, in this industry. Is there anything that you wanted to put in the piece but you didn't have time for because you had to cut words or anything like that? I imagine you probably learned all kinds of great stuff, and there was a lot of really neat things in there, but I was wondering, like, what – what didn't make the cut? <laughs> well, uh, Paula, Paula is an African-American woman. And what she wants, wanted to do is she wants to be an advocate for other Afri- African-American women and other women of color, where she wants to let them know that playing sports um, is not the only way for little girls, you know, for women to be and other women, other people of color to be in sport. She she wants them to know that they can, you know, do what she's doing and, and other things. Because some, sometimes people look at sports, well, I don't know how to play basketball. I don't know anything about basketball. But you can go on the front office side or the business side 
And, you know, you can if you have the knowledge where you can do these things, then you can learn about it. Well, you just don't have to play basketball to be part of the NBA. The article is super fascinating. I'm wondering what other kind of things did you learn from the process of writing it and kind of about the community of women that do run these social media sites? Well, I, I know that, uh, like, they stick together, you know, and, you know, most of them knew each other, whatever. And they stick together. Like if, like, say, for instance, they're having problems, they could call the other person, you know, on the phone or shoot them an email or whatever. And then it's just like, I think they're, they're a pretty close group. That's something that has really struck me this year about the women who cover the teams. We had uh, AJ McCord on our podcast recently, and she's a local Portland sports reporter. And she talked just about how um, she actually got to travel with the team during the playoffs. And she said just the, the, the sideline reporters – were like such a kind and welcoming group. And it just has really struck me that the women seem to be so supportive of each other. And that just, I didn't, it, I guess I wouldn't say that it surprises me, but it's just different than the idea I had in my head that, oh, there's only limited jobs and we should all be competing against each other. Did, did anything like that ever strike you while you were writing about this? No, no, it really didn't because it's just like, all of the women is just like, I guess they want to maybe, you know, show, you know, other women that, you know, we can, you, we can do this too. Because like with Angie, you know, somebody wanted to know, well, did you get this job because you're pretty, because you was a hot girl on Twitter or, you know, or are you smart enough to do the job? That's like very insulting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very insulting. And then it's just like, they just, you know, people just want to prove that, just because you're a woman, you can do you, you can do this. Yeah, I think it's it's super cool watching how much they support each other. Yeah, it is very cool, very very cool. Yeah, and just the amount of success that they have, they get to celebrate with each other. I think is another pretty cool thing about having all those connections with any within the league. It, it was definitely fun. I know that you mentioned in the article, Amara, there's another woman who travels with the team, and I assume that's got to be Brickles and Dam. And so it's, it's interesting to hear um, how the two of them have supported each other throughout the season and also how open uh, the organization has been to them, which I thought was really interesting. Right. Um, yeah, the, the, it is really cool when you can have someone else, you know, probably know to know what you, you're going through. Yeah. So and, and you I have, think, oh yeah. I think that goes, you know, that for like other female reporters, it's just like, like a lot of us, you know, like, like a lot of us, you know, we try to be there for each other because it's just like, we know that things can get hard sometimes, especially like when you're a woman. And then sometimes like when you, if people have kids and, and everything. Mm-hmm. So I know you've written a whole bunch of amazing articles over the years, and I'm wondering what are some of your f- other favorites? Okay, um, so of course, you know, articles that I've written for All Heart. Um, one that stands out is when I went interview Javon Carter's mother mm-hmm. last year to ask her some things about him. Um, I wrote something for the Undefeated. When I wrote about this lady from Memphis, um, she lives in Vegas and she helps victims of 
that has been victim of sex trafficking and um, other sexual offenses. She helped girls, women and girls um, get back on track. I did uh, that article for The Undefeated. Um, I wrote about Penny Hardaway for The Undefeated, and I wrote about the Harlem Grove Charters for The Undefeated. Then I wrote an article for the Tri-State Defender about uh, girls in here, girls in Memphis who um, play rugby. I never, I never knew anything about rugby until I uh, went to a fundraiser and I wrote an article about those girls. I think it's so it's so uh, I, I don't know ironic or whatever that you you took that one journalism class and then you decided to go do law. But now you've had all these experiences of like uh, covering these really cool things and meeting some really cool people. Right. Because it's just like I've always wanted, you know, to write. And then it's like when before, you know, I wrote some, I think the, uh, I wrote something for, I forgot the name of the site. I wrote an article about uh, James Johnson. Because I, I told him, I said I hadn't written in 20 years. And then he loved that article. Uh, I forgot the name of that blog because they, they don't have it anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's like it, it just came back naturally when I started loving the Grizzlies. But it's just like I wanted to write about things other than, and other than sports. I want to write about things that matter, you know, like in the community and everything. Things are bigger than sports. And I wrote an article about this um, AAU uh, basketball team for the Tri-State Defender. Um, and it was it was pretty cool. It was sort of bigger than basketball. Yeah, and I that's one of the things that I really like about the things that you write. Like you said, it's bigger than basketball. It starts with basketball. And I'm like obsessed with the fact that sports is a starting point for us to connect with each other. Uh, and then but there's bigger stories outside of sports that we can learn more about each other and about each other's worlds and lives um, by having that common starting shared interest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I can tell from following you on Twitter that you have a real passion for promoting, encouraging other women who are writing in uh, doing sports media. You talked about it just a little bit. Um, and you're uh, especially promoting the work and congratulating women of color. Um, so I'm wanting to know, like, why that is so important to you and why uh, people who watch the NBA, how we all benefit when more women and more women of color are writing about sports. Okay. Um, it's just like women of color, it's, it just seems like we're overlooked so much in every aspect of society, especially black women. Because like most of the players in the NBA, they are of color, right? Mm -hmm. So most of the reporters that cover them are white males. So we feel like that we can bring something different to the table. There are a lot of us out here, but we're not given the chance because more than likely people will hire people who look like them. And then so not many of us own these media companies, you know, and everything. But it's, I just feel like a woman could put a different spin on a story better than a typical man can. That's just the way I feel about it. 
I'm so jealous that you got to talk to someone's mom. That's like on my bucket list. <laughs> I was thinking that when you said that. I was like, that's Tara's dream. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, and you have like, you know, a connection with somebody that's got to, I would think, make the conversation a little easier because you have some shared experience there. Am I right about that? Right. Yeah, you, you do because it's just like I have four kids. I have four adult kids. And then it's just like, you you know, I know it's just like I touched upon a mother's love. That's why I named it that. Some people's like, well, that's cliche, but it's just like, I just wanted to take it there because it's just like I felt that when I talked to her. Because sometimes it's like when you write, you want people to feel what you feel when you're writing. Um, so what can those, uh, or what can, uh, uh, words are hard right now. Um, what can those of us who are fans do to support the women out there who are working so hard to bring us amazing media? So it's just like we, everybody needs to support each other equally because this is like, sometimes it's like with me, I try to support all the people that I can. And then it's just like, sometimes people don't support me the way I support them. And then it's just like, sometimes it gets hard. You think, you know, like, are people really for me or whatever? Because, you know, sometimes it's just like when I support people really hard, you know, but sometimes you have to step back and you have to, you know, watch and observe. These people really support me. But it's just like, you know, it's just like I want the support to be equally. Can uh, can you talk a little bit about, like, specific ways that people can support? I mean... I mean, retweeting articles, sharing things. Not just retweeting it, you know, like you did uh, yesterday when you said that um, you like the quote that Amara Amara had. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like you, you know, really gave props to me. Just retweeting it may not do it. You know, write something. Tell tell people how you feel about the article. Or just like read this, you know, you know, like if, you know, like if you write something. You know, and I read it like, oh, this was a really nice article. Please read it. Please support her. Support her. Or like, you know, it's just like some, you know, like Nikia's mm-hmm. um, on um, Twitter sometimes. He was just like, well, I need these followers to follow this person or that person. Because sometimes people don't use their platform to help other people. And then just like with me, with good writing, I don't care who it is. I support it, you know, unless it's something from barstool you know right <laughs> but you know having a, a personal connect like so so not just like sharing stuff but like talking about how it affected you personally is probably is going to go even farther that's awesome yeah find something out of the article you know that touched you or whatever and say like this was you know this was a really good article cool I, we can do that right cassidy oh yeah <laughs> i'm down i'm for this <laughs> Well, um, for we got a little bit of time left, and um, you know, as you are there in Memphis, we wanted to find out what you are uh, looking forward to, or what you think might be uh, in store for the Grizzlies uh, next season. Okay, so they just hired a new coach, um, Taylor Jenkins. He was assistant for the um, Milwaukee Bucks. But He's another really young guy, isn't he? Yes. And so I'm, I'm, you know, it's just like, I don't have much, you know, to say about him. I'm not excited or I'm not down about it. It's just like, it's a wait and see for me. 
because it's just like I want to give him an opportunity to be a a coach because it's just like I know things is not going to happen like we want it to happen just like with one season. I want him to be given more than one season. I won't know um, what kind of coach he is until he actually starts coaching. Yeah, I mean, you the Grizzlies have have they been through three coaches and three? Is this the, he's he their third coach in three seasons? Because they had Fisdale and he wasn't there for very long, and then Bickerstaff. Here, he was he, he was here the first season. Um, he went to the playoffs, and then like the next season. He was here. He was fired in November of the his mm-hmm. second. Then Bickerstaff. He was the interim after um, Fizz was fired. And then he finished this one season. So the coaches didn't have this leeway. So yeah, it'd be nice to give somebody a, ch- a chance. <laughs> but you 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 have a uh, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Seems like he was um, a bright spot. Are people still uh, excited about him? Yes, ma'am. We really are excited about Jaron. And then it's like we got the number two pick in this year's draft, and I think they're going to choose Morant. And I think he's going to be a really good player as well. I'm just interested to see what's going to happen with Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what's um, going to happen with Valanciunas, if he's going to opt in or anything. I'm I'm interested to see what they're going to do with the roster. I mean, they're going to have some really young guys, and they could potentially have some uh, guys who are a lot older. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how they how they balance that out. Right, right. It, it really is because it's just like I have. I mean, it's just like it's it's an unknown right now because you, we know that Jaron and you know some of the other young guys could be are, are the future. So I don't know, you know, what's going to happen. Like I said, with my coming. I don't know if he's going to be traded. I, I I just don't know. Then we have a new own new uh people in the front office. It's just an unknown. Everything is brand new right now. Well, that's ex- that's exciting and also somewhat terrifying as a fan. I I have to think because <laughs> there's endless possibilities, but also endless possibilities. <laughs> um, right, right. Yeah, and uh, you know we we could be in the lottery. Uh, they could be in the lottery again next year. So I have no idea. So right now the rest of the world is kind of still watching the finals happen. And I'm wondering what it is like to watch Marc Gasol playing with the Raptors right now. Because I know he was a kind of a beloved figure in Memphis. Well, I mean, it's just like I really want um, him to succeed. I want him to get a ring. And I think that the situation he's in in Toronto is a better situation for him because after uh, Zach and Zach Randolph and Tony Allen left, Mark and Mike was put in a situation where they had to be the guys. And I don't think that Mark fixed that role of being the guy. And I think he's more comfortable in Toronto where he's probably the third or fourth option because he can go and get like nine, you know, nine points and seven rebounds. And that can be a good night for him where he can't do that in Memphis because it's just like they need him to score more than that. Well, we have kept you long, a little bit longer than we promised. I just have one last question, and that is with, you know, uh, the offseason. Is there anything in particular you've got your eye on and are particularly curious how it's all going to turn out? Um... 
I'm not sure. It's so hard. Everything oh. changed so completely when Kevin Durant I, went down. Yeah, it really did. Uh, so sad. I'm. Tr- I mean, it's just like with the. With, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with the Lakers and with the Anthony Davis trade and everything. You know, it's just like I feel like uh, a lot of things is going to overshadow the uh, the finals. Is you know, if something happens in between time. So. Yeah, we're recording this on Wednesday, and I mean, I'd heard reports that the Pelicans wanted their whole thing figured out by the weekend. And that leaves the Toronto and uh, Golden State game tomorrow, Thursday. So, I mean, everything could happen really fast or maybe they'll just right. take their time. Who knows? I mean, they've been so, taking their time. So, it would be so crazy if they break news doing the finals. <laughs> I know. That would be so – I mean, aren't those guys watching the game? <laughs> you know? Right. It's just like NBA Twitter is going to be – it's gonna be off the chain. Yeah, it it, it, <laughs> it really, really is. is because it's just like it's just gonna everybody's gonna go crazy. Yeah, if that happens during the fight, it really and it worries me sometimes too when it happens in the middle of summer because everybody's hot and cranky as well as hot takey and <laughs> shocked or you know feels betrayed by their favorite player or you know has opinions about their decisions. Yeah, it's gonna be a. Uh, it's going to be sticky in a lot of ways. Well, I, I, June the thirtieth is going to be interesting since they tra- uh, the NBA changed like the uh, free agency to June the thirtieth at six p.m. instead of July first. Yeah. That's going to be really interesting. What's with that? I mean, like because supposedly they didn't want people to like you know be doing business like in the wee hours of the morning or whatever. So. So this is their contribution to everybody getting a good night's sleep. They figure that all all the business is going to take place during a reasonable hour and Woj can actually get some sleep <laughs> this year. Right, right. But it's just like I, I'll be off work and it's just like um, be at home and I don't have to, you know, wait up till, you know, midnight or something like that. So yeah, it's gonna be I'm fun. happy about the time. It's going to be quite luxurious. We can all be sitting in front of our fans with our cool drinks, with our uh, toes in the water, staying cool and just watching and seeing what happens. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. It was fun talking to you and listening to uh, you talk about some of the stories you've covered and some of the people that uh, you've met along the way. Where can people find your work? Okay, right now um, it's going to be at ourheartandhoopcity.com. Um, I'm getting ready to write an article um, this week or early um, next week. I interviewed Cheryl Reeve, um, the uh, Minnesota Lynx basketball coach in the WNBA. Cool. uh, I'm going to write that article, and it's going to be really, really, really interesting. Awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. And how about your Twitter handle? If if you want people to follow you on Twitter. (laughs) SharonShyBrown.com. I mean, I'm sorry, at Sherry Sherry Shy Brown. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's the website I'm I'm going to start. But in the meantime, at Sharon Shy Brown on Twitter? Yes, at Sharon Shy Brown. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of The Wet Podcast. Don't forget, you can follow the Hoops and Talks podcast on Twitter at Hoops and Talks. And you can subscribe to the show in the Blazers Edge podcast feed on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. 
You can email us. We love email. We get really excited about email. Our email is hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. You can follow Tara at TCBBigs with two Gs. And you can follow me at Cassie Gamut on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, go Blazers.